I have a message that to me is one of the most important messages. You know, I say that many times, but I mean, when it's burning, that's how it feels. And I would venture to say that about 90% of you don't live what I'm about to teach. It's one of those kind of messages. We're going to start, we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit. How many have read my Facebook post about this this week? I said we're going to camp here until half of you come up to me and say, I've changed the way I speak, I changed the way I pray, I changed, I'm a different person and I have to be part of the 50%. That's how I feel about this. If I could have captured on video the first service, I would just play it again because I just thought, man, I don't know if I can ever say it as good or as I did gooder. <laughs> I didn't say gooder once in the first service. Okay, I don't know if I could capture it to say it again, what I want to say to you. Uh, some minds in the first service were going like, what? So you've got to really track with me, okay? I'm going to talk about the power of your tongue. I'm going to talk about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, uh, and we're just going to sort of stay here until you get it, until I get it. Take the helmet of salvation. We spent three weeks on that. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All right. This is the last piece of armor. The last piece. We've been on the armor of God for what? Six months? Seven months? This is the last piece. And uh, this is the coolest piece of all six pieces, if all six pieces were laid out on the stage and you had to go to battle, do you know what piece you'd pick up? The sword. A few of you that are cowards would pick up the shoes so you could run. But, <laughs> but those of you that want to go into battle, you would pick up the sword. Even if you don't know how to use the sword, you would still want to pick it up because not only can you attack with it, you can defend with it. Most of us wouldn't know how to use a shield, but we could sort of, we've watched enough sword fighting movies that maybe we could, you know, get going and then move back and forth and things. So the sword, though, is a weapon that kills the opponent. Now, we don't want to kill any person, but we definitely want to kill everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We want to destroy demonic power, demonic holds. So this is the weapon. The other weapons, uh, the other armor was mostly defensive. Uh, this is your main offensive weapon. goes along with the belt of truth because we've got to have truth um, with this sword. But one blow from the sword can bring death. You know, shoes aren't going to be able to bring death. Maybe if somebody would sit there and let you beat them with their helmet till they're dead, okay. But most people aren't going to stand while you beat them with a helmet. The sword defends from attacks and defeats or kills the enemy. It both defends, Jesus said, it is written, and he spoke the word. And so our sword of the Spirit is the word of God. It's not the sword of Mike. It's not the sword of Christians. It's the sword of the Spirit, and the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. The sword we use is the word, and it's used internally 
But primarily, I want you to see the, the sword. The sword is something that you speak. You speak. You speak the word. In Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is seen in a vision, and he's seen with a sword coming out of his mouth. And the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. So Jesus defeats the enemy by the sword or the word that came out of his mouth. The same way that God created the universe, he said, there's a sword came out of the mouth of God. It said, let there be, and it was. So I want you to picture that the, the way that you battle, by and large, it's by speaking the word of God. Yes, you meditate on the word. Yes, you ponder it in your heart. Yes, you strengthen your mind by the word. But primarily in terms of battle, speak. Now, if dogs can be trained to speak, can Christians be trained to speak? Yes. More on that later. Now, I want you to try to track with this. There are facts or things that are true. Then there is truth. The body of Christ way, way, way too often speaks about true things, factual things. Then they speak the truth of God's word. Truth is is greater than facts. Here's a fact. I can't save myself. That's a fact. But the truth is Jesus died to save me. So truth is greater than fact. Here's the here's a fact. I can't do anything. I can't do it. I've tried. That is a fact. But the truth is I can do all things through Christ. Truth is greater than facts. If you focus on facts, you will be a depressed, defeated Christian. If you focus on truth, you'll be an overcomer. Here's a fact. I've sinned a lot. Here's the truth. Jesus paid for my sin completely. And it no longer exists because he's washed it away. Here's a fact. I'm not worthy to speak to God. I'm not worthy to, to pray. I'm not worthy to be worshipped. I mean, I'm not, worthy, I'm not worthy to worship him. All right? But the truth is, truth is greater than fact. The truth is he made me worthy on all counts. Here's a fact. My body has sickness in it. The truth is, by his stripes, I'm healed. Christians talk constantly about facts. They don't war with truth the way we're supposed to. You're in training today and for the weeks to come on how to war with your mouth because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Everybody in this room knows the power of death words. We've all been wounded by them. We've all been hurt by them. We've all wanted to run away because of the power of death words, but the church has not yet learned the power of life words. If death words can create chaos, life words can create the kingdom, can create glory, can create the presence of God. So here's a fact. My past is a mess. 
and colors my present. That is a fact. It's talked about constantly in the media, in schools, everywhere. Articles are written about it. But here's the truth once you come to Christ. He forgave all my past. He redeems all my past. He uses all my past now for his glory. My past now enhances my present. Now that's a wild truth. That's a wild truth. But the fact is, my past is a mess. Hey, there were things last week that were sort of a mess. But the truth is, Christ redeems it all. Because truth is greater than fact. Here's a, here's a fact. I may have an anger problem, or a lust, lust problem, or a drinking problem, or a pride problem, or a lying problem, or whatever it is. That's a fact. Here's the truth. Jesus Christ is the answer to every single one of those problems. He is truth is greater. Here's another fact. Trials are real. They're often. They get you tired. They seem unending. They seem scary. That is a, that is true. But here's the truth. God takes every trial we give to him and he strengthens us and brings forth perfection. That's the truth. If during your trial you focus on the facts, you will be depressed. You will not experience joy. But if in your trial you focus on the truth, you'll consider it pure joy. Where are we focused? What are we saying? Here's here's another fact. I don't have enough. I don't care what it is. I don't have enough. I don't have enough hair. (laughs) I don't have enough money. I don't have enough anointing. I don't have enough gifts. I don't have enough patience. I don't have enough talent. Whatever it is, that's a fact. It is. But here's the truth. He has everything. And he's for me and he's in me. If I focus on the facts, I'll never do anything because I don't have enough. But if I focus on the truth, I have everything. I can help anyone. I can serve anyone. I can, I can give my life because that's the truth. Truth is greater than facts. We must learn how to war with the sword of the Spirit by speaking, believing, confessing truth over facts. Truth over what is true. When Jesus was led by, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested, he spoke the truth, not what was true. Look at this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I would think on day three he would have been hungry, but afterward, okay, he was hungry. That was true. He was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Is that true? Could the Son of God command stones to become bread? Could the Son of God called upon 10,000 angels to rescue him? That is true, but it wasn't the perfect truth revealed to Jesus of what he must do. It was a fact. He was hungry. But the truth was God called him to fast. Truth trumps facts. So he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, Ryan taught on this. 
The word right there is the word rhema. It means the spirit-inspired word for the moment. If you're being attacked by the enemy in some area, say to be bitter against someone, what scripture are you going to battle with? Well, you just use the logos. Well, are you going to use, and Jesus wept to battle? Are you going to use the scripture that says King Ahab was a wicked king? Are you going to use that one to battle? Are you going to use the one where David looked at Bathsheba and lust? Are you going to use that one for battle? No, that's the logos. The rhema is the word of the spirit that you use when the enemy is attacking you to fight back. You use the spirit inspired, the word for the moment that needs to be given to fight the enemy. Did you track with that? Okay first service was slow you guys are way in front of them okay so here's the facts he was hungry he could command bread but here's the truth he was led by the spirit to fast not to command bread truth is greater than facts then the enemy took him up on a whole uh, took, took him up into the holy city set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him if you are the son of god throw yourself down for it is written now, is that truth? It is written as truth, but it was, was it the truth for Jesus to be applied this way? No. He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands, he even quotes two scriptures to Jesus. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. So, is that true? Is it true God will watch over you? Absolutely, it's true. Jesus said to him, it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So here's the fact. God will watch over you. Here's the truth. God will watch over you, but don't do stupid things and tempt God. That's the greater truth, okay? Again, the devil took him on an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kings of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said, Away from you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. There's the ultimate truth. So, Satan says some true things. And we'll quote scripture, but they are never the truth. Because he is the father of lies, and he misapplies true things. Jesus spoke the truth. Satan said some true things, but not God's truth for Jesus. Now, notice this. When the devil brings shame and guilt and condemnation, it is usually connected to true events. It's usually connected to factual things that happen. But the truth is, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, canceling out everything the devil factually says about us. The truth cancels it out. God's truth always trumps the devil's facts. We got to get this. Because the devil's facts are drowning out our truth. Because we're letting it. Because we're focused Many of us rehearse things over and over and over, factual things over and over and over that aren't his truth. Read it. Read it again. Many of us rehearse over and over true things, 
factual things that aren't his truth. Yeah, but I'm a realist. Well, you're a defeat realist. You're a drowning realist. So, here's the thought I had. I will not stop speaking on the sword of the Spirit until half the church comes up to me and says, I'm speaking differently, I'm praying differently, and I am different. And I have to be one of the 50%. Now, that was either from God, the devil, or my flesh. Okay. <laughs> what I'm teaching you right now, I'm just going to give this as a little disclaimer, though most of you could care less about this. There is a doctrine that's been around in the church for 40 or 50 years, and it's incredibly criticized. It's called heresy, and it's called the Word of Faith movement. Some of them are all over TBN. And it has, and I've never read one of their books. I've never, I don't listen to Christian TV very much. I just, I'm sorry. I, I can't stomach it. <laughs> Forgive me. All right. Uh, but um, if you do, God bless you. All right. That's wonderful. I'm glad for you. I am, seriously. Okay. But what I want to teach you in the weeks to come is not something I've learned from anywhere but the Word of God. You check it out. If what I'm telling you, you say, Mike, I think I heard that somewhere on TV. I don't care about that. If it's in the Bible, we're required to believe it and do it. Okay? I'm just saying that for any of you that like to read those books that talk about how evil those people are. All right? So, the devil can take the word and misapply it or twist it or misinterpret it for his own evil purposes. So, the fact is, I might feel lousy, but the truth is I have eternal life. Come on, let truth trump feeling lousy. Let the truth of God's word. Truth overshadows facts. Truth overpowers facts. And truth minimizes the effects of facts. The fact is I might be all upset, but the truth is God works all things together for good. I might be upset. I might be, but the truth. What do I focus on? The facts or the truth? The facts depress me. The truth lifts me up. Amen. Thank you. That's a good word. The fact is, I might be feeling dry. The truth is, he's a mighty river. I better jump in. A lot of you admire the Kern River from a distance. Have you tried jumping in it when it's 105 degrees? There is nothing like it. It's amazing. Some people sit on the beach. I don't understand you people. Jump in the river. It's amazing. It feels so good. John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Truth from the word is the sword of the spirit. John 8, 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Are you ready for the next slide? It might rock you a little bit. You ready? If you and I aren't free in any area of our lives, it's because there's an area of truth we have not learned, or we have not believed, or we have not applied. Any area of bondage in any believer's life is because they have not learned a truth, believed a truth, or more likely, applied a truth. Because if you know the truth, the truth will 
And if you're not free, there's an area of truth you need to discover. You need to say, Holy Spirit, show me this. Show me. Open it up to me. Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We must learn to speak truth, not what is factual or truly happening. Speaking truth is the sword of the Spirit. Now, this morning Dennis was sharing something, and as he was sharing it, this whole thing went through my brain. He was sharing about the wheat and the tares, how the wheat and the tares grow up together. And, and they said, don't, don't go pull up the tares because you might pull up the wheat. Wait till harvest time because when harvest time comes, the wheat will bend over and the tares will s- still be standing. And I got this picture of in the last days, there's two types of people. There's the tares who stand up and say, look at that, 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 look at that. It's bad. That's so bad. That person's so bad. That's bad. This, is, this thing is crazy. This thing is crazy. This is bad. Or there's the people that are bowed over in prayer. And in serving people. And the people that are standing up are saying, look at that. Look at that, Larry. Can you believe that? And then Larry gets mad. And Larry goes and tells her. And now she stands up with him and says, yeah, look at that thing. That thing is wrong. What's wrong with that thing? And, and then this friend, look at this administration. And look at this thing. And look at that thing. And look at that thing. And, the, and, the, and all this stuff are going, that's what the tares are doing. But the wheat is bowed over in intercession. I'm going to tell you this. I don't, I don't, have, the, I don't have news right now. And I, don't, I know something bad has been going on in Ferguson and all this kind of stuff, but let me say something about Ferguson. If Ferguson doesn't move you to intercession, there's really no purpose in you knowing about it. Because here's what's happening about that event. This group gets together and is mad at these two groups. This group gets together and they're mad at these other two groups. And this group gets together and they're mad at those other two groups. And then we watch this thing and watch this thing and then we start taking sides and we go here and we go here. And if that's all you do with the news, you're a terror. Because if you see something, if it doesn't bend you over in intercession, you've just wasted time. Oh, my goodness. If you're a big news watcher, you're probably bordering on being a terror. Because if the news doesn't bend you over... In intercession and serving other people, you've missed it. In the last days, the wheat will bend over. It'd be so full of fruit. Forgive me. I know you're mad at me. Uh, uh, Tammy told me to share that. I told her, Tammy, Tammy, people will get mad if I share that. I don't, people say, oh, you need to know what's going on. When I find out what's going on, I get mad about that, 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 that. I need to be bent over by the spirit of intercession, by serving other people. I can't fix Washington, D.C., but I can try to help you. I can help try to serve you. I can't fix them. And so all I can do is talk, 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 mad, 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 evil, 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 conspirators, conspirators are destroying our nation. Nah, 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 nah. You can do that until you're so out of step with the Holy Spirit, you're deceived. In the last days, there'll be a group of people standing up, that, 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 and there's going to be a people bent over in humility, serving their king. Okay, we could go home just with that. But I'm not done. Okay. We literally speak 
things into being. You say, Mac, I think I heard that someplace. Forget about that. I'm going to show you the scripture. My mom actually prophesied into it. We speak into being either truth or we help the facts keep controlling us. Whoa. We either speak into being the truth or we help the facts keep controlling us. Did you know that when you keep saying I'm so down, you actually are speaking something that enables you to stay locked into it? Listen, if you have to say the facts, make sure you speak truth to it like a madman. Whatever you say that's factual, you best beat it to death with truth. I'm not one of these that are afraid to say what I'm feeling or if my back hurts. I'm not afraid to say that kind of, okay. But I better beat it to death with what God says about the facts that I might be experiencing in my life. So some of you in this room say, Mike, I don't know how to fight. Really? I'm going to help you right now. Ready? You stand up, you open your mouth, and you say what God says. That's it. You don't need anything more extensive than that. You shout what God shouts. With fierceness in your voice, your forehead scrunched up, war in your voice, not what you feel, but what he feels. Not what you think, but what he thinks. Not what you see, but what he sees. Speak truth over your facts until your facts give way to the truth of God's word. Speak truth, not what is true. Unless you want to stay angry and depressed. Then by all means, keep telling, uh, keep telling everybody about the facts. You'll feel better. Really. You get more mad, more angry, more ticked off. Don't you love feeling that way? Don't you love waking up in the middle of the night and just staying awake for hours, thinking about it, rehearsing? Isn't that wonderful? It's just some of the best times in the world. In the morning, Jesus the day before had cursed the fig tree. As they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered it and said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Jesus said, have faith in God. Please, 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 don't have faith in faith. Don't have faith in a formula that you think I'm giving you today. Have faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. Here's the truth. The fact is, there's a mountain. That's a fact. Is there a mountain? Yes. Do mountains move? No, they don't move except through a volcano. But usually they just get bigger. Okay. Mountains don't move. And if anyone says to this mountain, what is a mountain? It's an impossibility. It's, an, it's something. What are you supposed to do about impossibilities? Well, you should accept them. They're there. That mountain isn't moving. So let's be realistic. Let's go around it. 
Let's take 30 years and cut a road through it. A mountain is a cold, hard fact. It's true. Yep, that mountain's in our way. It's an impossibility. But Jesus says, I tell you the truth, when there are impossibilities in your life, say to this mountain. Did it say to ask God? Did it, did it tell you to ask God to speak to the mountain? How many people are asking God to do things that God told you to do? That is a silly statement to the rational mind, but to the mind gripped by faith, it's the only rational thing to do with kingdom-hindering obstacles. Tell it to get out of the way. Speak to the mountain. Speak truth to the fact. And it says, go throw yourself in the sea. That's a silly statement to the rational mind, but to the mind gripped by faith. How long should you do it? Till it moves or till you die. And then the next generation takes up the same voice, the same word. That's where almost all of us miss it. We try God's word for a season, maybe like a couple hours. And if it doesn't work, we go back to speaking and believing the facts. No, we're supposed to war with the truth day in and day out and does not doubt in his heart, that's faith, God is hearing me but believes that what he says, say it, will happen. It will be done for him. When will it be done? I don't know. Now, maybe. Tomorrow, could be. A month, a year, 10 years, doesn't really matter. I war with the truth. Jesus said my word is truth. Then he goes on to say, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. That's faith. If you have it, do you need any faith? Zero faith. Once you have it, you don't need any faith for it. Faith is for when you don't have it. All right? Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, people in this room have said, I've tried that. You don't try God's word. You do it. You do it. Till you get it. Till the trumpet blows or till you die. That's it, period. You might say, Mike, I think I heard that on TV. No, you just read it in Mark. You just read it in Mark. Believe the Bible, not the word of faith people or the critics of the word of faith people. Just believe the Bible and do it. Let them argue. Let us obey. All right? Now, here's a huge truth. The gap between speaking to mountains and the answer coming is our testing period. And I don't like tests. And tests can take a long time. And have you ever had to take the test over and over? I had to take my test three times to get my bus test for the church. I didn't like that. <laughs> but I'm a great driver. We often quit speaking to it after a day, after a week, or after a year. But the Bible says, don't get weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It is a sword. It is a battle. Now, I'm going to tell you that you've got to swing away and swing away and swing away and swing away. I'm not going to ask you to try this. Speak the truth. Speak it. 
Speak it. Speak the truth to every fact in your life that you can't stand. You know it's not the will of God. Simply war against it. All right? Obey the word till you get the miracle or you die or you get caught up. Either, okay, that's it. Verse 25 goes on to say this. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven will, may forgive you of your sins. Authority with our words comes from being free from all bitterness. By the way, I'm not afraid if witches were to curse us. What, what I'm afraid of is when Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit carelessly use words. Because life and death is in the power of the words of believers. I think the nation is a mess based upon the language of Christians. I think the church gets divided because Christians speak the wrong things. They release curses. Christians have the spirit of God. And if you misuse words, there is power behind it. Yeah. May it happen. All right. What? Now, my mom in this prophecy today said this thing, but it's in the word. I'm going to show you in a minute. What we speak creates. That's not some mystical truth. It's common sense. If you speak a lot of angry words, will you create things? If you speak a lot of angry words, will your family be full of turmoil? You will create that with your words. If you speak a lot of fearful things to your kids, will you create things in them? If you... Speak a lot of hurtful words to your children. Will you create something in them? If you speak a lot of gossipy words, will you create some things? If you speak a lot of negative words, will you create something? Absolutely, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. If you speak lies, you will create something. God created with words, and we are made in his image. We are not gods, but we are imitators of God. God created with words. We create life and death with our words. This, that's why David said, Lord, put a guard over my tongue. Because life can come out and death can come out. The devil's plans go forward when people believe, like Eve, the word that he says. That's how the enemy works. He creates with his words all kinds of evil things. Um, Our words can create life. Can our words create loving homes? Can our words create children that are secure in our love? Can our words create a peaceful environment at work? Can our words create harmony and peace? Blessed are the peacemakers. Our words can create. All right? We're made in the image of God. God said, let there be. There's a sword that comes out of Jesus' mouth. And the sword of the Spirit is in our mouths if we learn how to speak with the Holy Spirit, what he's saying. I can speak hope with my words. I can speak comfort with my words. I can speak joy. So here's the scripture. As it is written, I have made you, Abraham, a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, Father Abraham, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Here's what I want to tell you. Christians talk very, very funny behind closed doors. Christians look irrational behind closed doors. Christians say things that don't look like they're true behind closed doors because they're speaking the truth of God's word. When you begin to do this, you will feel silly at first because you think, well, that's not true. Well, that's not. It's the truth, though. 
when you speak the truth. Now, like I don't know, about 15, 20 years ago, I got up and I sort of rebuked the ladies in our church because they were bad-mouthing their husbands all the time in the name of prayer requests. And I said, you're, you're speaking death words and you're locking your husband into staying the way that he is. You must prophesy the opposite of what he is. You must call into being things that aren't as though they already were. So when your kids act one way, you better say the exact opposite. You better call them into the exact opposite of where they're not now because God calls things that are not as though they were. We can create messes with our words and we can create glory and love and peace and miracles with our words. Don't try this. Do it. Don't try this. Mike, I'm going to try this. Don't do do that. You do this, all right? It's not a formula. You don't try this. You you do it. You do it till you die. The trumpet blows or the mountain moves. Life and death. Speak to the mountains. Bleed before that you have it. It's a sword. Swing away. Speak truth to the facts until the facts give way to the truth. Until they give way, speak truth. Now, some of you are going to come back in a week or two, and you're going to say, Mike, I tried it. It doesn't work. And when you do that, I will have Larry slap you silly. Okay? It's not a formula, which people often turn this God truth into. I'm going to show you from Old Testament to New Testament the power of our words and of what God says about our words and what we carry. Our words are like choice. What's that word in Proverbs? Oh, I'll have it for you next time. All right. It's the sword of the spirit. It is faith. To speak to impossibilities and believe before the mountain moves. That's faith. All right? So here's the question I have for you. You going to keep speaking those facts? Or are you going to start speaking truth and beating to death those facts with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? That's the question. I'm not afraid of sharing, man. I feel this. I'm, I'm, I, but then I got to beat it to death with the truth. Then I got to say what God says about it. Then I got to call myself into where God's called me to be. Then I got to tell myself I can do all things through Christ. I got to tell myself what the Bible, when I feel unworthy, I got to tell myself what the Bible says about me so I can walk there. I, listen, Christians must become more violent. In the spirit, never in the natural, okay? Not in the, in the spirit, Christians must become more violent. They must become more aggressive. You must start dropping bombs. You must do preemptive strikes, okay? You must become, view yourself. Paul said that he's, view yourself as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You must, we fight the fight. We run the race. We don't beat like we're beating the air. The Bible has all kinds of imagery about battle, 
And then, do you know he's the Lord of hosts? You know what host means? Lord of the angel armies. That's the number one phrase of God in the, New, in the Old Testament. He's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the angel armies. You must become violent. The kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and the violent ones take it by force. You just sort of waiting for God to do it. Listen, pick up your sword. Pick up your shield. And if you, if you cut off his ear, oh, at least you cut off a demon's ear, and there won't be anybody to heal that ear, okay? At least start swinging away. Get aggressive. Now, out front, we like each other. How are you doing? But behind closed doors... You're like a rabid dog. Okay? The kingdom wants to come to earth. How does it come? Through the people of God. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus assigned the coming of the kingdom to you and I praying it into the earth. It's not going to come through people that are just so focused on themselves. You must, listen, you're, you're, when you get to heaven, it will be a 24-7 spa. But while you're on earth, it's full-time battle. It's full-time battle. You come to church, you get refreshed, you get renewed, then you go fight the good fight. Truth is greater than facts. I know every one of you could come up here and list ten facts that are just horrible about your life. What are you going to do about those facts? Get other people to feel sorry for you? Start a petition? Or are you going to start warring with speaking the truth to every one of those facts that are in opposition to the kingdom of God? Pastor Chase shared the story. He had TMJ every single morning for an entire year. He got up, looked in the mirror, and said, By your stripes, you are healed. For 364 days, he still had TMJ. But after a year or so, he spoke. He said, by your stripes, you are healed. His law unjocked. Un- his jaw, his jaw unlocked. And he's never suffered from it again. But he warred with the word of God. The word of God, speak it. Speak it. Don't pray. Uh, yes, I mean pray. But when it's time to do battle, speak out loud so the mountain can hear you so the demons can hear you so that the powers that move in these areas can hear the assignment you just gave to your words Ooh, i don't know what i said but i said something okay i sort of liked it but i don't know it's probably false doctrine i don't know uh i don't speak that yeah Now, don't get uncompassionate with people that share facts with you. Don't get, don't get hard-hearted and say, you don't do that. We've got to bring people along. I did it to you. I spanked you all at the same time <laughs> after I spanked myself twice this week. Okay, so corporate spanking is okay. But when a, someone is hurting and really going through something, Speak God's truth very kindly and gently. Don't say, well, you're making that happen because of the things you say. Don't do that to people, okay? The sword of the Spirit, part one. 